Detroit Pistons were the worst team in the league last year, languishing at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, just two wins after the All-Star break. What can we expect after offering new head coach Monty Williams the largest contract in the history of the NBA for a coach and the returning former number one pick Cade Cunningham after missing 70 games last year with a lower leg injury? Brooklyn Nets are another Eastern Conference team entering a new era. After trading Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving mid last year, they received a pretty nice haul of wing players around their roster and Ben Simmons. Can they contend or should they rebuild? I'm Alexander J and this is a season preview edition of B-Ball Bites. Usually it's a five minute audio episode. Subscribe on YouTube or follow the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to get episodes as soon as they come out. To Detroit and they won 17 games last year, not a lot. And head coach Dwayne Wade kind of got booted up towards the front office at the end of last season. The Pistons lost potential star Cade Cunningham early in December. He had surgery to repair a stress fracture in his left shin that apparently had been bothering him for some time. Cade averaged 19.9 points, 6 rebounds and 6 assists a game before the injury, although I'd want to keep an eye on his 3 point percentage. He only made 27% on 5 attempts per game last season. There were some bright spots for the few Detroit fans out there. Even I can see something there's... Even I can see that there's something with 20-year-old Jaden Ivey. He started in all but one of his 74 games last year, averaging 16 points across the season. Vets like Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burke both shot over 41% from distance too, so that's better than not having those guys there. And James Wiseman is an interesting mid-year reclamation project. He played 24 games for Detroit, and I watched exactly one of them, but he scored 22 points and 13 rebounds in a loss against Miami from memory. Also, shout out Beef Stew. He signed a four-year $60 million deal in the offseason. How's that for a vote of confidence for a young center? Nonetheless, Detroit finished last year in the bottom three for points per game, offensive and defensive ratings, field goals, field goal percentage per games, and blocks. Ugh. Yikes. Detroit fired coach Dwayne Casey upwards and replaced him with 2022's coach of the year, Monty Williams. They traded for experience in Joe Harris and guard Monty Morris. They drafted Asar Thompson 5th overall and Marcus Sasser 25th overall. The youth movement is the obvious thing to point out with Detroit and I bet they're hoping coach Monty Williams can come in, overhaul the culture and have this very young team buy into playing team basketball. On top of the names I've already mentioned, they've still got young guys like Jalen Duran, Marvin Bagley III, Isaiah Livers, and Killian Hayes, shout out Kevin O'Connor, that have some amount of promise in them. I would bet my house on this team not winning a lot of games this year, but they don't have to. This is one of maybe two teams, the others being the Blazers, that really shouldn't give a shit what the other teams in the league are doing, and should just go out there and figure out what pieces they have to put into the puzzle later. Plus, from what I've already seen this preseason, I saw Thompson looks Anyway, I'm not just here to hear myself talk. I've brought on a Pistons expert that I had a chat with earlier today to tell me how they feel. Got with me the CEO of uh, Sports Confidential, Mr. Jack Brophy. You're the biggest Pistons fan I know, and I'm not really sure that's a flex. How are you, mate? Great, thank you. Thanks for having me on, Alex. Uh, we've been speaking about it for a while, and I absolutely love your content. I've been saying for a while that I wanted to listen to it. Um, I'm a busy man as well, but listening through your snippets, is quite refreshing and it's good to see. And it's also good to have an Australian dominating like you are. Uh, I'm glad to have you on the show. We'll start with my burning question and then we can take this wherever you want. Should Detroit be the worst team in the league this year? I had a good think about that. Um, and over the period of time, I'm starting to really warm to Monty Williams. Uh, he's done it before with the Phoenix Suns and I really like the way that he can sort of make that cohesiveness within the Pistons organisation. And people are probably listening going, Pistons, is he talking about cohesiveness? Because we haven't seen it for a long time, but I really think they've got a young, good nucleus there. 
Um, Cade Cunningham, I'm massive rap song, man. All my friends from Sports Confidential love to bag me out about it, but I think he's going to have he's a star. He's going to be a really, really good uh, key cog, and I think he's going to help with Jaden Ivey as well. Obviously, he's come in as a number five draft pick as well, but he's quite raw. So I think him learning the the field and obviously having Monty Williams as basically the quarterback as the coach making the strategics, it's really going to blend well with the team. So I do think there is a little bit of upside around there. Now, there's going to be some growing pains and it's probably for longer than what I think. But I do think that the Pistons will be better than the worst team in the league this year. Outside of Jaden Ivey or Kate Cunningham, is there something else you want to talk about with this Pistons team? Because I haven't been paying a lot of attention. This is this is your team. This is the team I've spent the least amount of time on. Throw something at me. What do you like? What do you have a feeling on? I really, really actually like the starting five. So people might look at it and go, oh, I don't know. But in terms of they'll get a lot of games under their belt this year. Obviously, they're not going to be near it, but... You're going to have Kate at the one, Jaden Ivey at the two, Bojan Bogdanovic. People forget he had a fantastic year last year. He was nearly all-star towards the middle of the year. And obviously our record and uh, the way the team was playing was never going to help that. So um, he really added that sort of veteran pace. And obviously he can shoot the ball and shoot the lights out from there. Then you got Wiseman, who today, he had 20 points, 10 rebounds. He was really exciting in the win that we had over OKC. Um, and I really like uh, Jalen Duran as well. He's a big, strong man. He's only 18 years of age. When I seen his date of birth, it absolutely shocked me. So <laughs> I really like that starting five. Then your issues are going to be uh, basically your depth from there on out. What do you expect out of Wiseman? I really want to like Wiseman. And the games I've watched last year when he started to get a bit more playing time down the stretch, I thought he was valuable. I thought he was good. Have you seen enough out of him to go, this is a guy who can be a starting five for a few years? Or do you still need to see more? I think he... He's gone through that phase where because he was such a high draft pick, you, that comes with everyone that comes with it. So Steve Kerr just didn't fit in his plans at all, just basically didn't give him the game time. And he potentially didn't have the right agenda around playing in that team because it's one of those, if you don't fit within our puzzle, you're not yeah. going to play. So I, I think he's going to, to be honest with you, I think he's just going to be a, a standard good NBA player. He's never going to reach that wow factor um, of what your power forward or your center, depending on where he plays at the time, is going to be. But I think he can probably hold down that role for a period of time and maybe for the next two or three years. It's one decision, and um, I don't like to be critical of players too much, but bringing in Joe Harris, I just don't understand it at all. I'm just really not um, a fan of his game in terms of uh, adding to a team, and he's not going to really... He's sort of a little bit like Michael Porter Jr. for the Denver Nuggets. He'll just shoot the ball. And, um, yes, sometimes he can be really hot, Joe Harris, but I don't think he's the one that's going to be on our team. I don't think he's going to play many minutes. Lovely to talk to you as always, Jack. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. The over-under line last year for the Pistons was 29 and a half, and they won 17 games. This year, Vegas has set it just down a tad at 28 and a half games, and I think that's probably still high, even considering the extra talent they've added either side of the draft and banking on Cade Cunningham returning to all-star adjacent form. I'm refraining from this line, although gun to my head, I picked the under. I have Detroit as 15th in the East, bottom of the league, but you know what? That's okay for now. What do you think about Detroit? What do you think about their young guys? Let me know in the comments below while we move on to the Brooklyn. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. 
When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, the Brooklyn Nets, they started last year with championship aspirations and head coach Steve Nash. And both were gone inside the seven games. Kyrie Irving missed so much time due to just being Kyrie Irving. And was eventually moved to Dallas mid-year. Kevin Durant saw the whiting on the wall and asked out as well. Obviously, Nash was let go seven games into the season. The Nets got Spencer Dinwiddie to return back to the Nets for the second time. Dorian Finney-Smith from the Mavs. But the better assets came out of that KD trade to Phoenix. They got two young wings in Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. Bridges took this opportunity by the horns. He averaged 26 a game in 27 appearances for the Nets, while Cam Johnson also bumped his averages up to about 17 points per game in Brooklyn. A fun wrinkle to end last year's review is that the Nets led the league in blocks last year. Nick Claxton averaged two and a half a game. In the offseason, this team skewed towards youth, shedding three old guards in Seth Curry, Joe Harris, and Paddy Mills. They drafted forward Noah Clanley with a 21st pick and re-signed Cam Johnson on that rather large show of faith. Four years, $108 million. Lonnie Walker IV also joined the team. So here the Nets are. They find themselves rebuilding for the nth time since the Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett trade a decade ago. But I think this iteration of the rebuild has the most interesting pieces. And I'll start with a name that all of you have already written off. Ben Simmons. After holding out two seasons ago, Ben played 42 games for Brooklyn last year. He averaged 7 points, 6 assists, and 6 rebounds from memory, tucked away in obscurity. That being said, if he's healthy, if he's healthy, I can see a future in this team where he, Johnson, and Bridges form this terrifyingly agile, like, trio of wings that can cause matchup problems all over the place. Ben's biggest problem has been shooting, at least when he's on the court. His field goal attempts dipped from 10 per game in 2021 to just five and a half last year, but he still makes 57% of his attempts, but they're all inside the paint. I mean, just look at this chart. Seriously. Obviously, if you're the Nets, I don't think you're getting the kind of production that the $37.8 million a year contract is probably meant for, but you might still find some value if you search hard enough. I'm actually super stoked that I wrote the following paragraph a couple of days ago because today in the preseason game against the Sixers, he did exactly this. And if I figured out how to edit yet, I've got the clip up as well. I wouldn't write off Ben's ability to develop an elbow turnaround jumper or floater this year. While he's not a great shooter, he's tall and lengthy and could get that shot off easily if comfortable with the range. Having him in the high post there opens up his stellar passing capacity to some pretty great wings. Not bad, huh? Anyway, I'm not saying that Ben's going to return to all-star status in the league, but they might collectively refer to him when they talk about Brooklyn's big three on first take later in the year. I haven't got a guest for the today's show for Brooklyn, so I'll ask anyone watching my burning question and you can let me know in the comments below. Who's the starting point guard for this team for most of the year? Is it Ben Simmons, who can play the point guard, or the four if you really had to, Dennis Smith Jr. in his sixth year in the league, or Spencer Dinwiddie? I don't know. No, I really don't know. The season line for this team is 37 and a half, and prior to this write-up, I had them penciled in as over question mark? 
Ultimately, it'd be a pretty big surprise if this Brooklyn squad could leapfrog talented teams like Chicago, Orlando, or Indiana in the East to make the play-in. Actually, on second thought, Chicago's kind of the antithesis of this Brooklyn team. They need to blow it up, where this Brooklyn team just needs to rebuild and spend a bit more time together. Unless Ben Simmons has that unlikely all-star resurrection, I the Nets penciled in as the 11th or 12th spot in the East with the Bulls. That's it for today's show. That's it for today's show. That's it for today's show. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, consider leaving me a five-star review. Tell me what team you want me to review next. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe. I'm getting to all of the teams, hopefully before opening day, but maybe we sneak in a couple days after the start of the season. Have a great day. Thanks. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.